0: You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Home to Michael K. Show trivia champion, Gordon Damer. Can we get the voice guy to say that for me? Hey, off and running on this Friday, July 17th. we got songs coming this way, songs coming that way. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, home to Michael K. Show, trivia champion Gordon Damer. Humbly, modestly, my we lead you over the next hour. Jam packed show. Of course, you know the deal. One hour. We run through everything, whether we like it or not. The number you know, 1 800 919 ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram as well, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is up for today. Ooh, we got a big one today. We'll see how badly this one tanks. It was the only question to go with today, but because it seems like, it seems like in this world, if you're saying one specific thing, people assume that, well, you must be saying all these other things too. No, I don't think those things. I can think two separate independent things at the same time. So we'll get into that in a little bit, and it ties into the poll question. Today is Friday, of course, so we have a fresh net pick and chill pick for this week. Actually, two of them. Now, caveat, warning, I am not complete with either. So some tempered selections for both this week, but both are structured in a way that I think both should hold up, so we'll get to that a little bit later. But of course, let's start with the headlines. I see Dan Snyder's name in there. I see A-Rod making friends and influencing people. A baseball can't get out of their own way. The idea that the Rays are the Yankees' biggest threat this season. I've seen that a lot of places. Mark Teixeira was saying that yesterday. I think it was on the K-Show. But a common theme this year. Well, the Yankees, their biggest threat is the Rays. I don't agree with that. But lots of stuff to do as we lead you up till 6. But let's start with the Washington Post story on Dan Snyder and his football team. The TBAs, to be announced, whatever they – maybe not the best time to come up with a name. This way we can shroud it in the former team known as the Skins or however – you, as many words as you need to describe them because the story, which we were all kind of anticipating, right? I think it was – was it Tuesday that we're starting to be – maybe it was Monday. We've been talking about and, and hinting around about it for a little while and we didn't know the specific nature but yesterday we got the the story and uh, no way to say it other than it details a pretty toxic culture of sexual harassment of hostility towards women basically almost the entire time that dan snyder has owned the team this is not a one-year thing or a two-year thing this dates back to 2006 Which, when you say 2006, doesn't seem that long ago. And then you say, oh, wait wait a second, we're in 2020, so that's 14 years. Now, it's important to point out, none of the women accused Dan Snyder of anything inappropriate. But radio announcer, now I guess former radio announcer Larry Michael, former director of Pro Personnel Alex Santos, Richard Mann II, a former assistant to Santos, a former business president, Dennis Green, and former COO Mitch Gershman are named as having either harassed or berated 15 women in the Post story. One woman who did use her name was former marketing coordinator Emily Applegate. She described it as, when she got the job, as it being her dream job, working for an NFL team. And it didn't take long for that to turn into the direct opposite, turn into a nightmare. Quote, it was the most miserable experience of my life. And we all tolerated it because we knew if we complained, and they reminded us of this, there were a thousand people out there who would take our job in a heartbeat. Applegate specifically uh, talks about Gershman routinely berated her for minor problems while complimenting her body. Text from man to one female employee discuss an office debate of whether or not her breasts were real or not. Mann told uh, people repeatedly that he intended, or uh, excuse me, told um, Applegate repeatedly that he was, intended to squeeze her butt, despite the fact the woman was saying, uh, you know, <laughs> I would prefer you didn't do that. Uh, six employees accuse Santos of pressuring them to date him. I mean, it, it goes down and, and we look, we could probably do the whole show on this. Um, one uh, person uh, talked uh, s- said, um, quote, I have never seen, uh, excuse me, I have never been in a more hostile, manipulative, passive aggressive environment. And I worked in politics. This is uh, Julia Payne, former assistant press secretary in the Clinton administration, who briefly served as vice president of communications for the team back in 2003. So this is before these allegations are being made, but it just kind of goes to paint a picture of Dan Snyder's football team. Uh, Payne did not witness or endure sexual harassment, she said, but she supported what many other former employees said about the culture under Snyder. With such a toxic, mood-driven environment and the owner behaving like he does, how could anyone think these women could go to human resources? Well, you know, the, the question even before this story came out was, would this be the tipping point to remove Dan Snyder, right? Names like Jerry Richardson, uh, he was removed, he was an NFL owner, similar things. Uh, you had, of course, Donald Sterling, the uh, the real first one to to at least publicly that I remember of an owner of a team being forced to sell. Now, I will say that all of the things detailed and I said we could run down them for an hour, but you have to be fair. And I don't blame The Washington Post for this at all. I blame all the other reporters, media people who, I think it was Monday, maybe it was Tuesday, whenever they started throwing out the buzz that this story was in the works and that this was going to be coming up here, given what the rumors were, I have to say, the story seems, considering what they were kind of hinting at and what I was looking up and seeing on the internet, that the story is not as bad as what I thought it was going to be. Now, That is not to say it's not awful what happened to these women, and you clearly have to believe what they claim happened. All the people involved have essentially been fired, and they're not talking. To me, that screams guilty. But the buzz leading up to the release, terms like human trafficking was floated, Jeffrey Epstein's name was floated, and... Directly tying in to Dan Snyder. Now, Dan Snyder is the root of the problem. That is clear. And is the article extremely bad? Absolutely. You read it. It's disgusting. But considering the way people were couching it before it came out, the overall theme of the story before it came out, not from the Washington Post, but of other people within the media, was, wait until this comes out. The name change is going to be the least of their problems. That was the way it was presented. And you can say, this story is horrible. It paints the organization in a terrible light. Paints Dan Snyder in a terrible light. But you also can say that it's not exactly as bad as you thought it was going to be, considering how bad it was being hinted at. But our poll question, which is up for today, it is on uh, Twitter, the old Twitter machine, at Gordon Damer. Washington Post story, which we've been uh, alluding to here the last couple of I don't know if other sto- shows have uh, alluded to it, uh, but it's out. You can read it. And it details 15 women who previously—I mean, it's not one, it's not two, it's not five, it's not—it's t- 15 women who uh, have alleged— sexual harassment, and verbal abuse by former employees. And the question is, do you believe that the NFL will now look to remove Dan Snyder as team owner? That's the poll question. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. Coming up, uh, we'll have some thoughts. Get your phone calls in on it, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. But let's hear a couple of uh, sound bites about this uh, scandal. Here is Liz Clark. She is the Washington Post author of this story. She was on Spain and Company and just kind of details the problematic culture within Dan Snyder's football team.
1: And in our story, although it's about the experience of 15 young women being harassed, there's also cases of, of male employees being sort of debased and, and uh, humiliated, uh, is, is how I would put it. We felt there was a real strong thread there of young women either being sexually harassed, receiving unwelcome overtures, or on the marketing side of the team, and this is what echoes the cheerleader's story, being expected or told or urged to wear tight-fitting clothes, and in one case, you know, an offer from a boss to, to hook a young woman up with a breast augmentation. And this comes from above. I mean, this is a story in which three employees of the team have lost their jobs I, I think there's a much deeper story here about a culture these events these experiences happened over 13 years
0: okay so there's liz clark on spain and company talking about the uh, the washington post story and uh is now out after all the the speculation um here she is again talking about the uh, red skin, uh, the skins hr department is awful and the situation has ruined uh, many women's career paths?
1: None of this should ever have happened twice. It should never have happened, really. But if you had had... Um, A competent, well-staffed, well-funded HR department, very vigorous. Um, It would just take one episode of one scout saying something inappropriate or sending an appalling text, you know, to say, do this again and you're gone. But instead, this like went on and on and on. And these young women cycle through the jobs. They cry in the bathroom. You know, they they wanted careers in sports. And it it really quashed career dreams in, in some cases.
0: All right, so that's Liz Clark again. Here's the, the take for me, and I, you know me. I like to generally keep things on the field, on the, the, the court, wherever, uh, and look at the sports angle of it, and I think it ties in. Dan Snyder's football team, and, and this is why it puzzled me that Ron Rivera took the job when he did. That's the job you take when you got no other offer. I mean, it's pretty well documented at this point that Dan Snyder's time running the team, how he does so. And it is interesting in the articles, because I thought it was just going to be just, you know, women's allegations, But no, they detail in it about Dan Snyder's, you know, petulance, basically, of berating males that worked for him as well, that the people would just be embarrassed on a regular basis. Here's Adam Schefter, if the team will ultimately face discipline.
2: The NFL is going to need to act on this. And again, I would think that the Redskins as an organization would be subject to discipline. This is something that doesn't reflect well in the NFL. It would not surprise me if there were discipline involved here, a fine involved here. But it goes beyond that at this point in time. It goes to making fundamental changes that are required in our society of things that are completely unacceptable, that have gone on allegedly in their organization from these various individuals. And so this is up to that organization to clean this up and get that right, no matter what the NFL decides to do. Is it going to make anyone feel better if the league takes away a draft pick or finds the team or this? I mean, okay, the league can and probably will do something along those lines. But the fact of the matter is this is unacceptable behavior, and this has to be corrected.
0: Yeah, and it really comes back to – and look, the, the article, as I said, does not point to Dan Snyder doing anything directly. And that's kind of what I expected based on what other people in the media were were tweeting out. It does not tie him in directly to any of this, but he's the owner of the team. And he sets the culture within the team. And the fact that this has been going on, not one year, two years, five years, ten years, but basically his entire tenure uh, tells you what kind of culture he has put together. So the poll question is up. Do you think that the NFL... This will move to uh, the league to remove Dan Snyder as owner when, really, when it comes down to it, Washington has been a terrible organization on the field. This kind of details how they're a terrible organization off the field, and uh, he is the root of the problem. So you can vote on that. We'll have more thoughts on that coming up, one 800 espn But then you have A-Rod, good old Alex Rodriguez in the process of buying the New York Mets. And uh, he was now calling for players to accept revenue sharing and a salary cap. Well, gee, I wonder how that was received. Might not be that much of a shock. The players don't like it. Brandon McCarthy, quote, I hope to God he shouted out of every clubhouse he attempts to enter in this and future seasons. Call him a self-serving liar and make him explain himself to a room full of his former peers if he wants broadcast content. Well, look, I've been on the record saying I don't think that A-Rod's group. I mean, it really feels like out of the, the four groups or three groups that have moved on to the second phase, that group is the, the one that seems like the biggest long shot. Despite A-Rod's name, despite J-Lo's star power, it's got you know 25 people trying to buy the team, scraping together millions here and there. Uh, it, it, it's important, though, in this day and age, to have things that bring us together. right? It feels like in these times we're divided over anything and everything. So here's A-Rod riding to the rescue to get every major league player in baseball to despise him if they didn't already, right? Uh, and it kind of ties into the reputation, although one reputation that shockingly has been uh, rehabbed to, a, uh, to an unbelievable degree, but that the 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 reputation of being a hypocrite, right? A Rod, he was a guy who benefited directly from the system. At one time, he was the highest play- paid player ever. I uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure he might still be. He made almost half a billion dollars, right? He's in the process of trying to buy a major league team. Never turned down a penny. Opted out. Did anything and everything to make a dollar. And good for him. Make as much money as you can. But then, to be just a complete phony and whatever benefits you, and now that he's trying to be an owner, what benefits him on the other side? Right? Flip like, uh, you know, turn on a dime, as they say and this is being done, you'd have to think these comments are as a way to kind of boost his standing with the owners, right? I mean, you don't think that the other owners would love to have a former player come out and say there should be a salary cap, right? As soon as they get done with one PR battle, they lost the last PR battle, so then now it's about gearing up for the next PR battle. In the words, of Chris Rock, that train is never late. So, yeah, it does. I mean, A Rod comes up as a complete phony, a complete hypocrite, not exactly anything new there, although he has been able to uh, uh, rehab his reputation to a certain degree, despite the fact he was suspended twice by baseball. Now, I would say if it were coming from someone else, I would say he's actually, he's not actually wrong, right? Like the constant fighting between the players and owners, which just go has gone on forever, kind of calmed down there for a while and has reared his ha- ugly head here in 2020 once again, and certainly seems like it's not going anywhere anytime soon, is destroying the game. But also destroying the game is the owners just trying to squeeze every last nickel out of the player side, and the player side trying to squeeze every last nickel out of the owners. So I do think that something has to change, and – to say that revenue sharing and a salary cap along with a salary floor, that's important because you have teams that aren't trying to win at all. That is destroying the game. But for that, to, those words to come from A-Rod, it just ties into him being a complete phony and doing whatever benefits him in the moment. And, you know, if it turns out that the, the Mets are sold to somebody else and the topic comes up once he does not, have a uh, interest in trying to buy a team, you you just know he'll come back and, well, you know what? The system in baseball is working great. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of A-Rod for you. <laughs> Poll question, which is up for today. On Twitter, at Gordon Damer. do you believe that the NFL will now look to remove Dan Snyder as the uh, football team owner in D.C. after the Washington Post released that story yesterday? 15 women who previously worked for the team have alleged sexual harassment and verbal abuse by former employees. And as soon as that story came out, and even before, that was the question, right? Is this going to be, and we have seen that happen before, Jerry Richardson uh, was a owner with the uh, Carolina Panthers, was forced to sell after uh, similar things down that same road, sexual harassment, um, toxic work environment had made uh, Payments to people as a result of of lawsuits. Uh, Then, of course, you have the the first one that comes to mind anytime anybody's talking about forcing an owner to sell. And that, of course, would be Donald Sterling back with the Clippers. When was that? 2013? 2012? Somewhere around there. So uh, it's been a little while there. And when you read the stories I said yesterday, it is an awful story. runs down the list of offenses, happened to a multitude of women. And keep in mind, these women... We're speaking anonymously because they were forced to sign non disclosure agreements. So it's repugnant, it's repulsive. But I do feel like that the people who really deserve a little bit of criticism were the people that were floating this story that they had inside knowledge, not just saying that this story was coming. Everybody was talking about how this story was coming, but floating out there that people would forget. About the, the name change or that uh, this was going to lead to Dan Snyder being removed. It's, the story is extremely bad, as I said. You read it, it's disgusting. But I don't believe that it was nearly as bad as some of the hints that were being discussed on the internet and reporters saying that everyone would forget about the name change when this story came out, and that Dan Snyder would be forced out. So if I had a vote in the poll question, I would say no. The difference here, and look, Dan Snyder, I think, is the root of the problem. I think the NFL would be better off if they somehow could force Dan Snyder out. I don't think that that's going to happen. Jerry Richardson, there was direct action by Jerry Richardson about sexual harassment, asking women to turn around so he could stare at their butts during casual Fridays. That's different than than the toxic... Now, what Dan Snyder has done or hasn't done is inexcusable, and he should be forced to make changes. But it doesn't directly tie in Dan Snyder as the person making the offense. So, much like uh, Donald Donald Sterling, was on tape. I mean, the NBA had no choice. You had guys on the Clippers basically saying, I won't play if you don't remove him. So, yeah, they, I mean, those cases were far bigger indictments of those individuals. This is not to say that Dan Snyder is blameless or that, uh, that the story is not serious. Any of those things. But do I think that this will lead to Dan Snyder being removed? Absolutely not. But you can vote on the poll questions. Very close so far. 1-800-919-ESPN, one 1-800-919. 800 3776. Let's go out to the phones this morning. We'll start out with, uh, is it O in Newark? O, what's going on, my man?
2: Yeah, what's going on, man? I, I just had a question. Like, why is it that they are all coming out now? Is it because of the name change they're all coming out now?
0: No, I think that they, the, I mean, I don't know why the Washington Post decided to do this story. I'm sure that the Washington Post has been working on this story way before uh, the name change came along. I don't know how long. Uh, I would think that they've probably been working on it for a few years. <laughs> Uh, And these are the type of things that, you know, if you're a reporter, you get some some inclinations about things that are going on within the organization. And then it's about building up the trust to get these people who, uh, you know, still want to remain anonymous to to go on the record with you and and detail it. So I don't think that it is um, based on the name change at all. I think this story probably would have come out even without the name change.
1: Yeah, but if
2: somebody does something to you, okay, you report it and if 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 they fire you you could still you could sue them
0: right but it, it kind of details though and and thanks for the call the the the, the hr department within the team is you know kind of like a joke right like these women knew that if they went to hr they would they would be fired and 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 have their name dragged through the mud and they didn't want to go through that i mean so um you have to kind of read the article to kind of get a sense of it, and that kind of ties into Daniel Snyder and and him running the team. And it's not just about Dan Snyder. It's not just about the things that happened with other people within the organization. It's pretty clear Dan Snyder knew this was going on. I mean, as soon as it comes to as soon as it's brought to the attention directly by the Washington Post, the people that are involved were all fired. And for Ron Rivera, who came out, and, you know, he said, "Look, I have a, I have a daughter working in this organization. This stuff is not going to go on here." It just shows you Ron Rivera is going to be judged by wins and losses. That's what every coach gets judged by. But the the job that he has of turning around that organization, uh, that is, uh, it seems like, a lot greater than other jobs. And it was surprising to me when he took that job, didn't wait to see what other jobs may become available, because that job, it seems like it's probably, I would think, the least desirable, considering that the owner – his track record is is pretty well developed at this point. And the owner, unless the NFL does something, I don't think the owner is going anywhere anytime soon. Like, Dan Snyder's still, in terms of, of NFL ownership, is still a pretty young, he's 55 years old. So he's not, unless he is forced out somehow, I don't think he's going anywhere. And whether or not you can ever get that guy to accept taking your direction seems pretty unlikely. Because it seems like even if even if Ron Rivera were to to reason with Dan Snyder and force him to make changes that, that Ron Rivera seems fit, and they have some level of success, what do you think Dan Snyder's going to do? Dan Snyder's going to think, well, see, I told you, I knew, I knew this. I'm the, I'm the owner. I can do whatever I want. So... I don't I think Ron Rivera has got his hands fulls and he, you know it's almost like uh, the old uh, the video I don't remember what talk show it was of the guy spinning the plates on the sticks he's got a lot of plates on a lot of sticks and whether or not he can keep them all spinning working for Dan Snyder if he does he will have accomplished something nobody else has basically been able to do including Joe Gibbs Uh let's go out to Lewis and Whippany. Lewis what's going on my man Hey
2: how you doing Gordon
0: I'm good so-
2: Listen, uh, like I was telling Brian, and you know, I I I, I kind of figured someone was gonna call in and say, you know, why they didn't come forward and that people have to realize, man, when when women finally reach a, a certain position or a job that they really want and it pays well enough, they're you know, it, I don't want to say they're willing to put up with stuff, It's like they're essentially forced to put up with, with things like that. You know, uh, this isn't even really like, um, and people are gonna notice, like, oh, this is a. Uh, NFL problem. This is a, um, you know, a, uh, a high paying job problem. And no, it's, this is a people problem. And, um, you know, I was also telling Brian, like, you know, I think yesterday, L uh, L Duncan put up, um, a post with some random guy, messenger saying like, you know, Hey, uh, you're doing a great job, uh, you know, don't do it like your male counterpart where you're sitting behind the desk, like, you know, be on the side of the desk so I can see your whole body. Like, I don't understand what's wrong with people, man. And, you know, people don't realize women will literally put up with a lot of things, you know, to be able to keep their job, especially if it's a high-paying job. And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it's easy for God to say, well, if this were to happen to me, nah, dude, you you wouldn't either. Like, right. It, and, it, and you
0: have to put yourself in, in that environment as well because I'm course. sure that, you know, the the women involved – and this is 15 women who are willing to go on the record. It's pretty clear – This is a culture issue that it's, if everybody were willing to go on the record, it would be a whole lot more than 15 women, right? I mean, we kind of realize that.
2: Of course, and, you know, and and it might be because of the environment that the U.S. is going through right now where, like, you know, people, uh, you know, certain people, you know, females, uh, minorities are being empowered. Um, because this story actually came out a couple of years ago. where Well, they had they had were,
0: different allegations, yeah. And and to yeah, me, the allegations there are even more disgusting about, you know, women yep. being forced to, to go on to trips and to, to cozy up to, uh, was it sponsors or whatever it was? Yeah, it came out a couple of years ago. I, I do kind of vaguely remember that, and it obviously triggered it in my mind by uh, seeing the story yesterday.
2: Yeah, but so for any guy that's listening, man, you want to sit there and say that, uh, You know, women need to uh, come forward and, you know, and say uh, what they need to say when it happens. It's not that easy, and it doesn't work that way. And most likely, just like Ron Rivera said, till you have a daughter or you have a woman that you really care about? You realize it's a lot harder to deal with than you think. Hey, thanks for taking my call as always, All right, Lewis. All
0: right, yeah. And, I mean, you have to put yourself in that position. I'm sure that the the women were were talking to each other, and I'm sure other people within the organization were like, you know what, don't, uh, you know. Don't bother going to, to HR because they're not going to do anything. You know, like they're kind of giving him the, the reality of the situation working for that team, and it probably is a helpless situation. Uh, let's go to uh, is it Eddie in Manhattan. Eddie.
2: Hey, good morning. How you doing, Gordon? I was listening I'm good, to you man. this morning a little while ago about this
0: Washington-Storm
2: situation. Listen, the NFL ain't going to make Ben Snyder do anything unless it's affected their bottom line. You know, which is the bottom line is their dollars. Now, if it's like where it's costing them money – like, they're losing money because of what's going on with the Washington um, Redskins. Then they would make sell the team. That's the same reason he had to change the name, because it right. became a problem when it when it, when it it was about money. You know, now all this money, the NFL was going to lose because of him. That's the reason. And one more thing i like to say, as far as the, um, the, I heard the guy ask you why the women coming out now. The reason these women are coming out now, it's like a power movement going on right now, you know with people like, backing up people, doing stuff like right. that. And they, they probably feel like this is the best time to come out of it because they have a late stand on with the situation going on.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, look, and Eddie, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it as always. Uh, I, I think that it's – I don't think that this is just something that was cooked up in the last week or two, right? Like, I, I'm sure – I don't know what the process is for the Washington Post, but I'm sure they've been working on this story, if not for a full year. I, I would think there was probably even more than that and and i mean even yesterday there was you know like we've been waiting for the story to drop and it seems like there was a lot of pushback from the from the, the football team's legal department and and the back and forth to get the story out there there's a there's a you know fact checking and all the different things you have to run down before the Washington Post is ready to release a story like this against a very powerful organization a billion-dollar organization. So, no, I, it, it, him speaking to you know the fact that they're just coming out with this now because of the name change, I, I don't think that that's the case at all. Stottlemyre ready again with a 3-2 pitch.
1: Drill to center field. Bo Jackson going over, leaps and can't get it. It goes all the way to the fence. Deion Sanders blazing around second. Tabler goes over to get the ball, plays it in there, waving him home. The throw to the plate, gets on by, Sanders
0: flies over, and now he is safe at home. All right, so 1990, the real doldrums of uh, Yankee fandom, at least for me. But Dion Sanders giving you a little flash of excitement as uh, he and, uh, that was a game that he and Bo Jackson went uh, mano a mano. Bo had three home runs, Dion had the inside the park home run. Dion was a, an overrated baseball player. Like, people think that Deion Sanders was a better baseball player than he was. Now, Hall of, he's a Hall of Fame football player. And he had some moments. And I think he had one season that he was really, really good. But overall, he was a, an overrated baseball player. But, uh, yeah, I remember that play. Those were, the real, those were real tough times as a Yankee fan. You never felt like it was going to get turned around. And uh, it, it eventually did thanks to the uh, suspension of uh, George Steinbrenner and Gene Stick Michael coming on board and getting things turned around in the right way. And a dynasty was born. So your moment of inspiration for this uh, Friday morning as we get ready for a, what well, seems like it's going to be a beautiful weekend. It wasn't going to be like 95 on Sunday or something like that. It's going to be hot. I love the heat. Love it hot. Bring it on. You know what else we can bring on? Did you see the story? I mean, Major League Baseball, I, they just can't get out of their own way. It seems now, because of coronavirus protocols in D.C., the Nationals might not be able to play at Nationals Park. The Washington Post reported yesterday, but the Post all over it yesterday, big day for the Washington Post. Players, coaches, and staff are going to have to quarantine for 14 days if any of them are exposed to the virus. And the team is unsure if it will be able to operate under those guidelines. So what that means is, is the Nationals that series uh, against the Yankees, which opens the year, they don't know where they're going to be able to play that uh, that that series, and it's scheduled for DC. So I think that the only thing, and look, they have less than a week to do it. Right, Thursday is is quickly approaching. So what I'd have to say is, if they're not able to play in their home ballpark, to me. That's a forfeit. The Nationals have to forfeit the first three games. Yankees are 3-0, baby. Off and running. The first place, New York Yankees. Yes. Thursday a win. Saturday a win. Sunday a win. Even before the Yankee juggernaut, so powerful, already 3-0 to start the year. That's amazing. Great start for Aaron Boone. Great start for Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge. Awesome news. 3-0, your first place New York Yankees. Amazing. Great job, guys. And then uh, who do they play after the Nationals? I don't remember. Whoever it is, they'll move on. to uh, Just get ready for that series. Nationals, they play the Phillies next? I think they play the Phillies after that. But those, uh, those games in Philadelphia, I'm not sure. Look, the Yankees might be able to rack up a couple extra wins based on the fact that these uh, teams uh, can't get through their coronavirus protocols. It's not its not the Yankees' fault. They shouldn't be punished for it. So good job by them. You know, I've seen a lot lately about uh, how the Rays are the Yankees' uh, greatest threat this year, that the Rays are going to present a huge challenge. And look, the fact that it's 60 games, it does... Uh, does open up the possibility of outliers and strange things happening. So who knows how it ends up going down? To me, the Yankees' greatest threat is the Yankees. Like if the Yankees can get through a season relatively healthy, then I'm sorry, it's not to to short you know short shift the the the, the Rays any. They're a talented team. They're a really well run organization. They're smart. They look to they look outside the box. All good stuff. And I'm sure that the Rays, they should have a very good season. They've really turned around that organization over the last couple of years. Now I do think that they do benefit a bit from the fact that there's so many teams. Uh, all teams, the 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 win totals are going to be boosted because there's just so many teams that are not, not even trying. I mean, at least within their own division, the last few years, the Orioles have not been trying, and the Blue Jays have not been trying. So uh, this is not to uh, to to give uh, the Rays, you know to hit them for anything other than the fact that they've done a very, very good job. But based on talent alone, the Yankees should not be losing to the Tampa Bay. I don't care how well run. I don't care how many great analytics and and reading the numbers you're doing. If the Yankees are healthy, they should be able to beat the Rays. They should be able to distance themselves. And if that's their greatest threat this year, they should be in pretty good shape. The problem is, is what Yankee team are you going to get over 60 games? If the health is is okay, if you're telling me Aaron Judge is going to be playing and healthy the whole season, not that he's going to play every game, but if he's healthy over the course of the season, if Stanton's healthy over the course of the whole season, if LeMahieu comes back and when he does, is healthy over the course of the the full season, the pitching staff is the... If the team is representative of what you expect the team to be, then I'm sorry, I don't think... the Now, in terms of teams... Maybe because they're in the division, but in terms of actual threats, the Yankees' biggest threat is their own cells staying healthy and being able to actually get out on the field. All right, so the 3-0 first-place Yankees. There you go, one 800 1-800-919-3776. 800 alright so uh, net picks and chills pick for this week. Oh, we got a couple of those as well. And uh, I-, I will say, I will give you the caveat right off the bat. Do we have any uh, – we need like a song or something or, or some sort of intro To net picks and Chill. Brian, that's your your assignment this weekend. Yes, I'll get that. To figure out, I don't know what it is. Maybe uh, Sleeping with the Television on by Billy Joel, or maybe something that has come out over the last 35 years, maybe something more current. Uh, Two picks for this week. I am not completed with either yet, but I have really enjoyed both, but both come with conditions and may not be for you. The first one, I will say, you have to be into science fiction and not laser guns and spaceships. But like uh, experimental physics, right? Like the, 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 the making the impossible possible, as they say in the show. The first show is a show called Tales from the Loop. It is on Amazon Prime. It has eight episodes. Now, again, you have to kind of be into science fiction. If you're not in a science fiction kind of guy or gal, this is not going to be for you. But the series is based on a fictional town that has this uh, like mysterious facility known as the Loop where people work. And they say that they try to make the impossible possible. And it's not like Star Trek or Star Wars. It's more like Twilight Zone if you're a certain age or more recently, Black Mirror. Each episode tells a different story about a person in the town. Second episode I saw, the ones that I've seen so far, that was the strongest. It really stuck with me, that episode. Really cool the way they told the story. Uh, you have to kind of watch them in order, even though each episode is, is um, independent of, the, of other ones. But they all focus on this town and people within the town. So that's the first show, Tales from the Loop. It's on Amazon Prime Video. The second one, and uh, maybe this speaks to me and my issues and problems. I'll be honest with you. I have a thing about serial killers. I can watch shows, and I get it. It's not, uh, it's not the, the best thing to do, but the chase for serial kill You give me a series about a hunt for a serial killer. That's why I like Mindhunter on uh, Netflix as much as I do. But this one is a true documentary series. It's called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It's on HBO. I think four episodes have aired so far. I think that there's six, so I'm not fully done with it. It is not fully aired yet. But it's a documentary series about uh, one woman and her search for a serial killer in California who would later be and she would name him the Golden State Killer. It kind of has a don't mess with cats feel to it. Remember that documentary from uh, Netflix a little while back where the story is as much about the person searching as the person who is being searched for. And it's based on a book written by uh, Michelle McNamara, wrote a book about it. Uh, I think I'm four episodes and really well done. Some of the director's choices, really well done. And if you have a thing, look, it's not something that you talk about out loud. But if you're interested in serial killers and the search for serial killers, uh, I think that this will be uh, right up your alley. Now, I will, cu- I will say this as a caveat. If you watch this with your wife, like I have been doing, you will have to go downstairs and check the doors. You will have to check them again. You will have to guarantee that the doors have been locked. You might have to check the windows, too, just the way it is. But it is a compelling series, and it's called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, and it is on HBO. All right, so those are your net picks and chills pick for this week. Our poll question, which is up for today, and as close as a poll question as we've had in quite some time, it ties into the Washington Post story released yesterday about Dan Snyder's football team, and essentially the question is, do you believe the NFL Will look to remove Snyder as team owner. Right now, it is 50.7% saying now nah, won't happen, 49.3% saying, yep, he's a problem. Well, look, he is a problem. And that story kind of details what I think we've kind of already known is that Dan Snyder is the root of the issues surrounding the football team, both on the field as well as off the field. And that story paints a very disturbing, repulsive kind of uh, picture of what goes on within that organization and what goes on with that owner. Now, the story, to be fair, does not say that Dan Snyder did anything specifically outside of the fact that he did nothing. And there's a reason why these things were allowed to fester because of Dan Snyder's direction of the team and what's important to him and not ticking him off And it seems like he's got kind of a hair trigger that people realize that, so they're allowed to kind of get away with whatever they want. Now, I do have to take—I think that people should be taking some media members to task for portraying this story and hyping this story as something more than it was. Because some of the terms, it was being presented as, once this story hits, everyone will forget about all the other things going on with Dan Snyder, including the name change. I don't think it that rises to this level. It's just another log on the fire. And the, uh, some of the terms that were being used before this story came out and being hinted at in terms of human trafficking and uh, payoffs to government officials, that uh, did not happen in that story. So I think that those people who were hyping this story for a few days do have some uh, soul-searching to do, at least in terms of what actually was released. Maybe there's going to be further updates on this story and those people will be proven right. But nothing in that story yesterday pointed to a lot of the things that people were hinting at. So you can vote on the poll question. To me, I don't think that he will be removed because he is not directly – Nate, you know, all the other examples, it's somebody, you know, Jerry Richardson, it was him doing it. It was not people just within the organization. It was actually him. Uh, Same thing with um, Donald Sterling. They had him on tape. I mean, come on. He couldn't have any more uh, clear uh, violation than that. That is not this. So you can vote on the poll question, as I said, very, very close. Uh, We had about A-Rod now saying that uh, baseball should have a salary cap. What a shock that Alex Rodriguez would think that now that he's trying to become an owner. And then, of course, we have the Yankees, who are uh, 3-0 to start the season. The Nationals don't have any place to play. In my book, that's a forfeit. Boom, boom, boom. Yanks win, win, win. Already first place. Awesome job, Yankees. Good job, Aaron Boone. Alright, let's get some more phone calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN. Alex is in uh, North Carolina. Alex, what's going on, my man? Hey,
2: hey Gordon. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I was born in Costa Rica. Um, I'm a Yankee fan, and um, I wanted to say thank you for everything that you guys do. And uh, I will have a question. Okay. Do you think that Glaber Torres is better than Aaron Judge?
0: Uh, well look uh, Glaber Torres is probably my favorite Yankee right now and I think he does have the potential to be the best player on the Yankees uh, moving forward and he does play a much more vital defensive position but I don't think he's there yet now judge has to stay healthy himself and it's at least a debate but I think that if I had one guy when healthy it would probably be Aaron judge
1: like Aaron judge
0: really? yep well Oh look! Okay. It's, I'm oh, not no. saying it's it's a it's a runaway. I mean, Gleber Torres. I mean, look at what he's done already at his age, and a lot of it is you know kind of projecting based on what he's already done and what he, you know. Like a lot of times when a guy is is the age of Gleber Torres, who I think is what 23 now, and he's already had a season where he's hit you know 38 home runs and driven in 90 runs and and put up the OPS that he has. You, you kind of think, well, the sky's the limit. Let's see him do it a little bit longer before, I'm, you know, Judge has a little bit more of a track record, whereas Glaber, because he's so young, is, um, I think, trailing in that debate, but not trailing by much. And uh, if you told me by the end of this season that he had overtaken him as the Yankees' best player, I would not be surprised at all.
2: Well, thank you, and thank you for everything, and thank you for beating uh, last week on the Michael K. Show when you beat Greg. Uh, yes.
0: yes, of course, Alex. Gordon Damer. Michael K. Show trivia champion, very humbly, but it's still, it has to be mentioned. Nobody else is going to mention it. I have to mention it. It's my job to point out, in case anyone's forgotten, that I am Michael K. Show trivia champion, Gordon Day. Spike is in Jersey. Spike, what's going on, man?
2: Well, I haven't forgotten. I put a panel up in my office.
0: Yes. People should be putting it on their front lawn. I see all these kids graduating all these places. This kid graduated first grade. Do you realize how bad you have to do to not graduate first grade? These graduation ceremonies have gotten carried away, Spike. But go ahead, Mike.
2: Why don't we go for bumper stickers? Listen, what, it, what Snyder did, Mark Cuban had a similar situation with women, uh, not to this extent. And he corrected. He got right on top of it. And one suggestion, if the Yankees get a forfeit, maybe they could play the games in Wag Field where Don has a softball game. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't think that softball game is going to be taking place this year. I'm not no. talking to Don about it. I'm not spoken to Don about it. but yeah. I don't no,
2: think. it's not. He announced yeah. it's not, but yeah. that's what oh, we yeah. understand. So. All that. You have a great I, weekend, my friend. All
0: right, Spike, thank you for the call. Yeah, I don't, uh, didn't think that that was going to happen. But look, I mean, if the Nationals don't have any place to play, I don't, think, I don't see what else you could do. It has to be a forfeit. And uh, just to, to go back to uh, Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban's organization has shown that they are far better run than Dan Snyder's. And it's not really hard to say that because it seems like just about every organization is better run than Dan Snyder's. All right, it's going to do it for today. We are back on Monday starting at 5. Please vote on the poll question. You could impact it today. And we'll see you Monday, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.